Hey there, and welcome to Season 3 of the All About Everest podcast, and I am your host, Pauline Reynolds-Nuttle. So excited for a brand new season and to see what 2024 brings. This year will be bigger and better than any year before it, so sit back and listen to all things Mount Everest. Hey everybody and welcome to the first episode of 2024 and the first episode of the third season of the All About Everest podcast. Oh my gosh, you guys, can you believe that it has been two years since I started this podcast? I can't even believe it and I'm so excited to be back after the holiday season, which was absolutely insane and everything's just kind of settling down. Uh, Today's topic on the podcast is going to be 2024. I'll talk a little bit about what happened in 2023 on Mount Everest, what I project for 2024, and just some interesting things and thoughts that have come up in the last month and a half since I went on holiday hiatus. So the first thing that I want to mention is a huge shout out to my mom. And if you just started listening to the podcast, you may not know, but my mom has dementia. She doesn't remember who I am anymore. She kind of remembers my kids. And one of the only connections I have left to her is this podcast. For whatever reason, she started listening to it and she never misses an episode. She listens every single week. And it is just my way to connect to her. So a huge shout out to her. And speaking of dementia, I interviewed Jason Black a while ago. He's an Irish mountaineer. Fabulous, fabulous man. And he has swapped out his mountaineering gear for boating gear. He and his friend are currently rowing across the Atlantic. It'll take them 55 days to raise funds and to create awareness regarding dementia. It is something that is so close to my heart. And the kids and I have really enjoyed watching the, uh, there's like the, oh, what's it called? Um, we can watch them moving. What is it? It's not GPS, the tracker. We can watch the tracker. And so every single day we check to see where Jason Black is at. And he's just a fabulous man. Um, you should follow him on Facebook and follow his journey because rowing across the Atlantic ocean is a lot different than climbing Mount Everest or the hills in Ireland. Just as I did last year at the beginning of 2023, I'm going to put together a list of books and a list of documentaries that will be coming out this year about Mount Everest. I haven't finalized the list completely, so I will bring it to you next week. But speaking of books, guess what I have coming in the mail? I have Guy Cotter's book, Everest Mountain Guide, The Remarkable Story of a Kiwi Mountaineer. It's only available in New Zealand. And for whatever reason, my sister Faye was currently there backpacking with her wife. And 
it was like the last day or so that they were there. And I was like, shit, they're in New Zealand. So I sent her a message and I said, hey, if you happen across a bookstore, can you run inside and check to see if they have this book? Because it's only available in New Zealand. I even looked into getting a copy here in the U.S. and I was not able to get one. So she bought me a copy and she's mailing it to me next month when she goes to Guam on vacation and to do backpacking and cycling and such. So as soon as I get it, I will read it and I will let you guys know what I think. I am really excited to read it. I interviewed Guy Cotter, one of my favorite interviews, and we talked all about adventure consultants and we talked a bit about the 1996 Everest disaster and how he literally overnight became the owner of Adventure Consultants because both of his mentors died in mountaineering accidents, including Rob Hall, which, again, if you are new, Rob Hall died in the 1996 Everest disaster. Two quick things before I get to the rest of this episode. The first one is that I decided for 2024, I am going to read one mountaineering book per week. There's 52 weeks in a year, so 52 books total. Not all of them are going to be about Mount Everest. Some of them may be because I'm rereading a lot of the ones I've read before. So if you want to join me, you absolutely can. So for week one of 2024, the book that I'm currently reading is Touching the Void, the true story of one man's miraculous survival by Joe Simpson. One of the best mountaineering books of all time, if not the best. I highly encourage you to either read it or listen to it. And I will have a list up by the end of this week on my blog of the 52 books that I am choosing this year. The second thing that I wanted to mention is really it all comes down to translation. So I was looking up winter ascents of Mount Everest, which there were none this winter. And Yost had to abandon his attempt. Uh, he didn't even start it. It was he's having some physical issues with his back. So he decided that he was not even going to try to climb this winter, which as he had mentioned in his interview with me this last year, his winter climbing season, he determines it from December through February. So while I was work looking up winter ascents to make sure I hadn't for whatever reason missed something, I came across the story of Marty Hoey. She was an American woman in 1982 that died on Mount Everest. And she could very well could have become the first woman to ascend Mount Everest. But instead, she died. She was sitting on a rock and she leaned back and for whatever reason, her clip failed and she fell backward into a crevasse. Her body has never been found. But the reason why I'm bringing it up is because it's all in translation. I was reading a German article and it said in there a woman who had been murdered on Mount Everest in 1982. And I was like, wait, what? And so 
I went back and I looked and the word for murdered and death is so similar in many languages that I decided that there was a mess up in the translation. But also when it comes to Mount Everest, you know, there's always so many different perspectives. And like with the 1996 Everest disaster, everybody has a different story and a different perspective, even though so many of them, the same thing happened to them. Facts aren't always correct. And a lot of it has to do with altitude, but this was definitely because of translation. But as I was looking her up to get more information there, I had never seen the documentary. There is a documentary about how she um, died. It's called Everest North Wall. It's about that particular climbing season and the American team on 1982. And I had never seen this documentary before. You can find it on YouTube. And it's really interesting, especially because in the 80s, there weren't a lot of women that were climbing or even attempting Mount Everest. Even now, about a quarter of the climbers, it could be closer to a third this coming year, on Mount Everest are women. And even in the whole mountaineering world, it's between one third and a quarter. All right. And here we go on to the rest of today's episode, which essentially I'll be talking about Mount Everest. I'm going to kind of do a quick review about the 2023 season and what to expect and what I project for 2024. So 2023 was the deadliest year on Mount Everest. In 2014, there were 16 people who died on the actual mountain when a Serac fell in the Kumbu Icefall. All 16 of the people who died were from the Sherpa and Nepali community. In 2015, there were 18 people who died at EBC, at Everest Base Camp, but they didn't die on the actual mountain. 2023 was the deadliest year for actual deaths that occurred on the actual mountain. There's a lot of causes of death on Mount Everest, and some of those include altitude sickness, falling, avalanches, and exhaustion. And Based on my opinion, after talking to so many people who have been on Mount Everest, many of those things could be prevented. Not always, but a lot of it really has to do with the company that people choose to climb with. As I've mentioned before, Alan Arnett and I had discussed causes of death and how to prevent them. And really, he had said this and other people have as well. It depends on who you pick as your guide. Because depending on your experience and the guiding company that you choose, it helps to reduce the risk. And ultimately, the person that you are hiring to take you to the top of Mount Everest your guide and your guiding company 
your safety is first. And last year we saw so much negligence. There were people that were abandoned on Mount Everest. And so Sherpas and guides from other climbing companies swooped in and essentially rescued those climbers. The rate of rescues was almost double the year before, and the amount of injuries was double the year before. The top reason, the top two reasons was the extreme cold that occurred on Mount Everest last year. It never gets that cold. And if I remember correctly, it was like negative 30 and 40. And that is insane temperatures. And then the other thing that contributed to all of that. And this is just based off of off the record conversations that I had. A lot of people were not acclimatized properly before climbing. But until someone will go on the record and say that, there's really not a lot I can do. But the main reasons, according to people that I have talked to, is the extreme cold that occurred last year and the lack of correct acclimatization. Meaning people just showed up and started climbing. Yes, some of them you know, slept at home in the hypoxia tents. Um, they did everything that they could so their bodies would acclimate correctly. But that is what a lot of people have said was that they did not acclimatize like they should have and it led to injury. This didn't happen on Mount Everest in 2023. It did happen on K2 in October. Um, a lot of people died on K2. And so many people feel that it is because of the record chasing. We do see a lot of different records and people looking to achieve new things on Mount Everest. They did it last year. They did it the year before. And I'm sure there will be quite a few looking for records for this climbing season in 2024. The question is, will it impact this climbing season or not? Because on K2, they assumed that the two women that had died, it was because they wanted to be the first one to achieve that record. And what happened? They both ended up dying there were two avalanches pretty much back to back. I don't know if it could have been prevented or not. Um, but a lot of people feel and it very well could be because of record chasing. There's a really good um, article on Explorers Web. I can't remember who wrote it. It's not Angela. It's, uh, I'll, I'll remember. I know I'm going to remember who it is. But he did such a wonderful article about the deaths on K2 and how record chasing is shaping mountaineering. And it's a really good read. 
And if I can remember who it was, I will track down the article and put the link in the show notes because it was a really good read. In 2023, during the Everest spring climbing season, you have to remember that no one climbed from the China side. It was only from Nepal. 18 people died. So normally when we have these numbers and we're looking at them, there's two sides to look at. There's the Nepali side and the Tibetan side. But no one has really climbed on the Tibetan side since before COVID, since 2019, except for Chinese expeditions. And so 18 people total on 2023 on the Nepali side. I'm going to read their names, where they're from, and the day that they died. Seven of them perished in the death zone, so above 8,000 meters. April 12th, in the Kumbu Icefall, um, a Sirak fell on them and three people died. Dawa Chiri Sherpa, Lakpa Rita Sherpa, and Pemba Tenzing Sherpa all from Nepal. May 1st, Jonathan Rule Sugarman from the United States. May 16th, Furba Sherpa from Nepal. May 17th, Victor Brinza from Moldova. May 18th, Shubin Chen, China. Suzanne Leopoldina Jesus from India. May 19th, Awang Askandar Mpwan Yakub from Malaysia, Srinivas Asenas Dattatreya from Singapore, Mohammed Hawari Hashim from Malaysia, and Jason Bernard Kennison from Australia. On May 23rd, Ange Kami Sherpa from Nepal. May 24th, Swapnil Adinath Garand from India. Petrus Albertine Swart from Canada. On May 25th, Ranjit Kumar Shah from Nepal, Lakpa Nuru Sherpa from Nepal, and Shilard Suhajda from Hungary. 18 people. And that's from one season and one side of the mountain. It's absolutely mind blowing. And most of them died because of altitude sickness or other sickness on, being on Mount Everest and exhaustion. So what do I predict for 2024? I think the mountain will be just as crowded as last year. However, I really do hope that the expedition companies they have learned all of the lessons from last year and really investigated the deaths, why they occurred, and how to prevent more deaths. Because I've said this several times, and I've even been called out on it. I truly believe that the majority of the deaths could be prevented, and really it comes down to the decisions made by the expedition companies. So I really hope that 2024 will be a blessed year with no fatalities. But you never know because the weather, the experience of people who are climbing, 
the expedition companies, the amount of people, which that hasn't really seemed to be the consensus by those who are actually on the mountain. It doesn't appear to be that too many of them feel that overcrowding is an issue. It's more of decisions made on the actual mountain. I hope that there's no thefts this year. Last year, people were stealing other people's gear. And how do we not know if that directly impacted someone's life? We don't know. So I'm hoping that 2024 will be a lot calmer. It will be a lot safer that people will be more mindful that the expedition companies will really explore how to make things safer for their clients and that there will be a climbing season that is uneventful. Death on Mount Everest is just a likelihood. The question is, is it going to be many deaths that could be preventable or a few deaths that are just part of climbing Mount Everest. So I'll continue to have weekly updates. Those updates should start coming out, people to watch, things to get excited about, because right now people are finishing up their training. They'll be heading out to Mount Everest the end of March, beginning of April. We've, you know, the ice doctors, they usually head up to Mount Everest the last two weeks of March, which is essentially less than two months away. So it's going to hopefully be an exciting season. And I'm really, really happy that I get to share it with you guys for another year. This is the third year. So I will have weekly updates and interviews and so much more. Next week's episode, I am going to go over all of the books that are about the 1996 Everest climbing season. It was a deadly season, a sad season, but a lot of lessons were learned about how to keep people safe on Mount Everest and about how expedition climbing was changing mountaineering, especially on Mount Everest. So until next time, climb your own climb. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the All About Everest podcast. Please rate, subscribe, and follow wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find me online on social media at Mama Bear Outdoors or All About Everest podcast. You can also email me directly and I've included my contact information in the show notes. Until next time.